Hey everyone, before we get into another great episode, are you interested in making your life mo better? If so, head on over to www.widowmakersupply.com. Not only do they have great gear, but they have a whole line of spices, one of the hot sauces we featured in today's show, and they also have delicious coffee. So make sure you check them out, widowmakersupply.com, and make your life mo better. Good morning. Welcome back, everybody, to Wake Up With Jenny and Friends. I am joined by my friend PJ. How are you? I'm great. How are you today, Jenny? I am fabulous. Thank you. I'm so excited to see you. I'm happy to have you on today. Um, it's been a show in the making, and I know your schedule is so busy because you're an artist. So I'm I'm super happy that you could you could come on and and our schedules could link up. And this is great. Oh, I'm so excited too. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> you look out of this world right now. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just in the background. <laughs> and we're, we're both wearing orange today, which was not pre-planned, so. Isn't that something? We're, we're right here. We're Twinning. Right here. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag soulmates. <laughs> so what's going on with you, buddy? How's it going? Oh, I'm really happy to say it. it's good. It's been very good. Um, you know what the latest thing is that things slow down a little bit for me, which is not bad at all because we in Chicago we were we were experiencing some pretty bad winter weather for a minute there. So uh, I was okay with it. Stay yeah. home and continuing on being creative at home. <laughs> Windy city. What is the best thing about living in Chicago? The architecture. Mm. The architecture is incredible. I mean, you know, uh, especially with me filming music videos, uh, it's easy to find some place in Chicago downtown in particular uh, that just inspires for me to want to just put a beautiful setting behind and, and just start doing something wonderful with it. So I love the architecture. I love that. I love that. And a lot of those videos you you post on TikToks too. So we get to see a lot of the area that you're from and and a lot of the graffiti art, which is really, you know, graffiti art has come like full circle, I think, for 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 today's age. Like we, it used to be just, yeah. you know, gibberish and garbage and it's something we'd paint over. But now it's it's so expressive and it's some of it's really, really beautiful. Like people are taking pictures with it in the background. So Yes, uh, it's mind blowing. In fact, um, and and you know what? Thanks to rediscovering my love for murals and street artwork, uh, it's helped me to rediscover Chicago because there's a lot of Chicago I still have never seen before or been to, and it's just thanks to trying to find these murals that I'm beginning to realize, wow, Chicago is a lot bigger than just the familiar places I've been to. So mm -hmm. it's fun discovering new murals. Yeah, isn't that interesting too? We often we have to be we have to become tourists in our own cities. I think you know because there's often lots of places, as you say, that we don't discover when we live in an area, right? We have to have that tourist mindset to go out and discover all these little you know these pockets of creativity in the places that we live in. <laughs> yes, that's all true. And then uh, these murals they inspire something different every time. Um, especially as you mentioned with me doing TikTok videos. Um, certain songs have a certain mood and uh, to it, a certain vibe to it. And sometimes I, I see some of these murals and I'll think of a song and I said, all right, I got to drop everything and just do this right now. Or I'll come back another day and plan this and do it to that particular mural. I mean, sometimes that's how it works and it's just magical. 
Yeah, you get really inspired by it. Oh, big time. I, yeah. I love all the artworks that's been around Chicago and there's still so much more to discover. Do you ever, do you ever film inside? I don't know if this is allowed, but do you ever film inside museums or any places like that? Let's see. Um, every once in a while I have, um, I've one time, uh, since you mentioned about museum, I did do like a, a series of pictures I took inside the uh, Institute, uh, Art Institute of Chicago. And other times there is uh, the cultural center in downtown Chicago. They've had some wonderful exhibits from time to time. I filmed in there. And mm -hmm. during the holidays, there are sometimes different buildings I'll pass by that have some nice exhibits and such. And I'll hurry up and catch whatever I can and put that together at a later date, <laughs> whatever I'm doing. I so, love it's that. A I love that. So we should let the audience know that you, so you are a singer songwriter yes. as well as an actor. <laughs> yes. you've had you've had some 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 lovely roles in and in a, in a lot of different films and 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 on sets and that and uh but mainly your and correct me if i'm wrong ma your main focus is your music right is that correct yes uh it's and it's funny to you know back and forth i've never been one who's been able to stay on one particular thing so mm. it has been the main focus for me but acting has been the very vehicle that's helped me to become more seen and, and more heard and to make some really wonderful contacts with, with a lot of talented people out there. I mean, uh, it's acting has opened my eyes to a lot more creatives in the business. Yeah. And, and I guess through that, you sort of develop this, um, this persona or this stage presence. And so you call yourself Fuzzy Soul Tiger. That's your brand name, right? That's right. Fuzzy soul tiger. <laughs> so tell tell us about that. How did that come about? How did you come up with that? Oh, well, you know, um, very interesting pieces to put together. The fuzzy is for all of this fuzziness here. <laughs> the beard. Yeah, love it. Uh, for the soul part, I mean, uh, I, I love, I'd love to think that everything that I do within music is from the heart and soul. But fuzzy heart tiger didn't quite fit, so I said soul instead. <laughs> And then the tiger part is the most interesting part, Jenny. Uh, the tiger part comes from the fact that when I was very, very young, I used to have a lot of dreams where if ever I was in trouble, there were always lions that came to protect me. And so um, as I grew older, um, those dreams would change where all of a sudden I would change into a lion and defend myself if there was danger. So um, that kind of stuck with me through the years. But Fuzzy Soul Lion didn't have quite that same ring to it. So I just opted with another of the within the feline family, the tiger <laughs> part. That had a little punch to it. <laughs> and you didn't consider at all Fuzzy Soul Gazelle or Fuzzy Soul uh, Woolly Soul. Mammoth. No. Fuzzy, fuzzy no. Has a little jump to it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Fuzzy Soul Eel. No. <laughs> oh, look at you. Electric. <laughs> like uh who is that guy who sang that so electric avenue who was that oh, eddie grant yeah eddie grant. oh my gosh that would have been killer <laughs> so this is one of the things that i really love about you and i've known you for a, a while now probably going on it i can't believe it but probably going on two years oh yeah over the span of you know our interactions yeah it's crazy but you were always so 
positive. You're always laughing. You're always smiling. You're always so positive. No matter what you're going through, you bring such a positive vibe to everything that you do. You're so creative. And that really shows in all through your interactions with people on social media and behind the scenes. And, and how do you, how do you maintain that? Like, what's your, where do you get that from? Because that sometimes can be a difficult thing for people to maintain all the time. I, for, I mean, I know for me, it, it, it is all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah I, and, and that's understandable. And you know, when I'm, I have, I have moments where I do feel sad sometimes, or I feel affected by some of the things that's happening in the world, but I always come right back with this kind of natural vibe, this natural happiness. And you know what? I've um, it took me a long time to understand where it's coming from. I believe the majority is, is that because for the longest time, you know, I've always wanted to do everything within the arts. Uh, that's drawing, um, that's singing, songwriting, acting, filming. I, I love doing all these things, but I never pursued that as a major. I never went to school for it really. And so I was denying myself for the longest time this, this, this opportunity to fulfill my dream. So as I got older later in life and I got laid off enough jobs, I finally made up my mind, I'm gonna go for what I, I really truly love doing. And from that moment on, I mean, this burst of just joy, just it's just there since then that I made up my mind to just go for what I was meant to do. And uh, I think, uh, no matter all the challenges there has been, that central joy has stayed with me since making up my mind to do that. I think a lot of people would probably uh, find that base of happiness too. If they're going for their dreams, they're living their dreams, they would probably feel the same way I do. Uh, just a natural abundance of happiness, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think your phone just went off in the background. So I just want to make sure if there's uh, oh, was well, it <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> That's okay. I just don't want to overshadow anything you were saying. But I think I think that um, what I find too is you express a lot of gratitude, which yeah. I think for a lot of people can sometimes be difficult to do on a daily basis. Um, and it's something that I, I talk a lot about in the clinic. Um, you know, on my, so this is the show I do on the side, but I also run run a a, a clinic for mental health and wellness and um, gratitude is is part of part of the process often in 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 healing and recovery and reaching your goals and there's a lot to be said about about that as well but when I see it in action and and I and I see it through you and I see it through your stories and and your content it, it's just so heartwarming and lovely to see and so it's really a gift that you you give to your audience really. So I wanted to acknowledge that because I think it's super important. Oh, uh, thanks for saying that. Because uh, uh, really, uh, you know, for the longest time when, uh, when I finally started doing what I love doing, um, and I went through a very long period of putting out all this work and energy and not really getting any interactions back and not really uh, getting any feedback and seeing views were going down and such so um you know I, I lived with that for a very long time when i was on youtube yeah that's where i started pouring mm -hmm. out all my energy at. uh when all that went down over the years then um two two and a half years ago now i can say 
I decided to start off the new year joining TikTok and all this amazing energy was around from so many of everybody, whether they were doing comedy or dance or just talking about their lives. And um, I didn't know if I really could fit into all this, especially I felt like, you know, well, uh, I'm kind of up there now. <laughs> I don't know if all these young folks would even be bothered with me. But once uh, I realized that doing what I love doing was all right and to share and uh, they really enjoyed what I was doing, I mean, I couldn't help but just just be so um, thankful because I, for the longest time, I didn't have that kind of feedback and to know, am I doing a good job or not? Do you like what I'm doing or not? I, I really didn't get a lot of that on YouTube, but TikTok, wow, it's a treasure trove of people that just love what you do and you were able to give that love right back. So I couldn't help but just, you know, let people know, look, I, I'm humbled by uh, all your comments and your support. I'm really sincerely touched for uh, for all this. So uh, yeah, I I can't help it every now and then. I have to just uh, let people know I'm grateful for you being here. Thanks for loving what I do and spending time with me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And you can tell you have a real passion for your music. So let's let's get into that a little bit. Your, when did you start to really, because rec- you, you, you record your own, you write your own music, right? Yes, you I record do. your own music yes. and you have actually and you've sent me some uh, a couple of your albums, which I really appreciate. Thank you for sending me. But you've you've put out um, a couple of CDs as well, too. Yes, I did. So uh, where did where did that start for like, how did you get into doing that writing? your? Have you always written your own music and stuff like where did that start? I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, and again, here's how a, a meeting of everything works together. When I was much, much younger, say around my, um, around eight or nine, my sister and I, we were taken downtown Chicago by my mom for piano lessons. And I started to, I naturally gravitated towards piano. So uh, we did this for about a year or two. And then we stopped for a good while, a good number of years went by and I didn't even bother with it. Then fast forward to meeting a friend of mine's through my father, uh, we were going to a Haitian church at that time. Well, my Haitian parents took me to a church. I met somebody who was, I thought at that time, a really cool guy. He was like, uh, look, you know how to play? Well, look, we could use you in the band. So I got in the band. I didn't know what I was doing at all, but it brought me back to starting to mess with playing the piano. And I realized, oh, well, uh, I can still do a little something. And every time we would rehearse, I started having some ideas and, and some songs in my on my head. And I would keep thinking, was that on the radio? And I'm like, no, wait a minute. That's something original. So I would start trying to catch these ideas anytime I hear it in my head or feel it. I would write these things down and work on it, work on it. Some would take years until I learned how to play the chords necessary to get it going and, and record it. I kept at that and over the years, as joining different groups came and went, uh, I still kept doing the songwriting thing, even through me not doing what I was supposed to do and working other jobs and going to school for anything but what I love to do. I was still hearing these songs in my head, so I never really let it go. Once I went into this full-time, I went ahead and uh, saved up money to buy a portable recording studio. And uh, <laughs> 
I borrowed my cousin's uh, synthesizer. It's a dinosaur from the 80s. (laughs) 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 The real dinosaur, uh, but I tried to make it work and do what it could do so I could put everything down. And then um, little by little over the years, I tried to just buy little stuff to add to that synthesizer. And that's what led to me just uh, putting out my own material on CD Baby. And then DistroKid came along and I kept putting it through there. And now recently Bandcamp was uh, another really good place for me to just put all my stuff out independently. (laughs) And you had a really good holiday season too. You put out um, a single or an LP and people really gravitated toward that and um, skyrocketed in sales, which is fabulous. Oh, wow. Jenny, it was a great thing. I mean, um, I never expected that. I put out this Christmas album, um, Songs from the Winter Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of people were, uh, when I just joined TikTok too, uh, the Christmas season coming around, people calling me, you know, say, hey, you should do Santa. You should do Santa. So this album was the perfect opportunity to put on the, the magic Christmas hat and go for it. I I put out all these Christmas songs, original Christmas songs I've done over the years. And uh, TikTok was just a wonderful vehicle for seeing all of that explode. It was just magical, really magical, uh, the support I got for that Christmas album. And uh, still going pretty good to this day, you know? Good. That's amazing. Well, when you talk about the old equipment, too, it brings me to one of my questions that I have for you is, we see things sort of, you know, ebb and flow in the music industry. And how, for you, how do you think the industry's changed over the years? Because you've been in this, in this, in this game, and you've got skin in the game for a while. So, I've, um, wow, it's it's really that's a good question. I watch how it used to be all about. I mean, at one point it was R and B was the big thing. Then it turned to grunge. Then it turned to pop. Then dance then all kinds of um, songs that integrated the blues. Now it's more about uh, songs that have a, a lot of auto-tune and, and mm. abilities to them. Auto-tunes and uh, sonic abilities that people having all this technology in the palm of their hands to, to make music the way they want to completely change the game. So it's amazing that uh, it's influenced the way that I did music too, but I've gone back to just wanting to do music where people can feel something to it. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing for music is that connection, right? You got to either connect with the words or have a connection with the 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 beat, the rhythm, the sound. Um, we do a lot of sound therapy too um, at the clinic, and 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 each each vibration of sound has a healing property to it, which is really, really fascinating and and, and interesting. But um, how do you think that um, we've lost with the, with the implementation of, of auto tunes and all that stuff, like you said, do you think, do you think we've lost a little bit of the talent moving forward uh, as compared to say the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even the early 90s? Wow, you know what? Um... I, I feel so split because I know that music is going to change. And mm-hmm. matter of fact, I, the pattern seems to be like every 10 years, there's always a change. You know, uh, in the 70s, there was disco. And then the 80s, we had the pop rock thing. And then the 90s, we had a different type of pop. I think Euro pop. 
uh, mm -hmm. and then so on. So um, in that sense, I've, I've finally learned to, to accept that it'll always change every 10 years or so. And uh, I do miss a lot of the way the music used to be done and handled back in the day. Um, in fact, I did a song called uh, Bring It Back uh, to express it, that very desire. Like uh, I miss songs with harmonies. I miss songs that had, that you listen to them, they had a story to be told and you could hear and see and understand everything you were saying. I miss that a lot. But I, I understand uh, with today's youth, there's a lot of energy and passion of their own that um, we don't understand. And it's probably the same way when I was in the 70s and 80s, loving this new music coming out that my parents didn't understand. So I just never thought I would be that person <laughs> to feel yeah. that way. I, I honestly do miss stories uh, that were told in, in songs back in the day, real talent of, of harmonies, and you had to really work your tail off to be signed. Uh, you couldn't just use a computer to be able to fake it till you make it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's the new, it's the acceptable thing now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I find the writing of, let's say yesteryear was, is more storytelling. Whereas I find now a lot of the music is just about like catchphrases and what's popular and good good beats and stuff like that, which is to is totally fine, but it's just part and parcel of, as you say, this ever-changing, you know, industry. But who were some of your favorites growing up? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um I don't know if we'll have enough time for me to be able to scale it all. Like <laughs> There's that. a lot. <laughs> But okay, off the top of my head, I'm going to say, like, um, I love a lot of the stuff from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, I'm, I'm talking as as far from, like, uh, Hall & Oates. I love Duran Duran. I love uh, mm -hmm. Luther Vangelis. I uh, enjoy Patti LaBelle. I love The Beatles and Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, all the way to TLC and um, the, the song that Brandy and uh, Mo Monique did. Uh, <laughs> So I have a wide boy is mine. Yes. People I love. <laughs> any 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 Lionel Richie creep into your uh, to your favorites category? I love Lionel Richie. That's my guy. Yeah. That's my good. <laughs> this song. Um, they 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 feel so natural. Too. I love um, every now and then uh, when I would go live, Jenny. Yep. Uh, I, I that's one of the artists I love singing his songs. You know, like hello. Isn't me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. You're all I ever wanted. And you're my arms open wide. Cause you know just what to say. And you know just what to do. But let me start by saying, I love you. You know, that's my guy right there. I love it. I love it. I love it. I actually did, when I was a kid, I did my sign language, my ASL exam to a Lionel Richie song. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it holds, holds a little piece, uh, special place in my heart for me. But I love to, um, I, I don't know if, see, a lot of people don't know these artists nowadays. And, and tell me if you recognize these, but Harry Chapin Carpenter, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Cat Stevens. Oh, yes, Cat Stevens. I know him too. 
yeah i mean stuff like that is just you know it's a little bit more storytelling in their lyrics and um so the good stuff you know ccr great oh my goodness yeah you know fleetwood mac and, fleetwood uh, mac bb king oh wow yeah. waylon jennings i don't like i love country music too Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson wrote a really amazing um, biography. I don't know if you've if you've um, read it yet, but it's it's a thick book. It's a big book, but it's he he's a great storyteller, um, and his his autobiography is is amazing. So that was a really great book to read. Um, but I wanted to ask you too, like, how do you think? Speaking of you know auto tunes and all that stuff, and and hosting on services because a lot of it you do yourself, right? You you're not you're not signed currently you're not signed with an agency right is that it's just me doing the music thing really all on my own mostly yeah which i love too because it takes people don't realize how much work it takes right it's, it's a lot of work yeah. a lot yeah so there's a, so i really respect your your motivation there because um a lot of the behind the scenes that people don't see and prep and everything it's you know it takes it it takes a team right so for you to do it all yourself is phenomenal but how do you think the implementation with you know downloading services and um you know spotify itunes how has that sort of impacted uh what you do and it, do you think in your opinion do you think it's helped artists or hurt them in any way or what's your thoughts on that you know, Jenny, I think it's it's helped a whole lot because I remember when I first put out my debut album, Man on a Mission. Uh, at that time, I had used CD Baby for my services uh, to put my music out. And I had to go through a lot of, I guess you could say a lot of technicalities to be able to put my music onto CDs, have them pressed and sent out. And then I had to... Um, finance it all on my own and I wasn't able to really put out a lot of CDs, you know, because of that. So when distribution digitally came along, that was a great relief to have that choice. If you want to put it on vinyl or on CD or just put it directly out for digital download, I loved it. That, that really saved me a whole lot of trouble because uh, for me at least, I didn't really have that technical um, know-how to put the music out and laid on, on CDs and vinyls. It just was uh, complicated for me. <laughs> yeah, I remember burning CDs when I was a kid. You remember you get those uh, on your computer. You, they don't make computer. You don't. You can't get a CD burner in a computer anymore. Right. You, you can't. You even, only have USBs. You can't even. I, I can't. I can't even bootleg a CD now. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, let's go even further back. I mean, we're talking. Uh, we go further back to tape recording. That's when I started doing my music. Yes. <laughs> Orders and just press record and play and just try to hope that the sound come out and not muffle my voice. <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you've had such a great idea for a song and like had no no pen, no paper, no cell phone on you? Like, what have you done to like? How do you do? You remember? Are you? Are because I for I would forget. Like for me, I would think, oh, that sounds really good. And by the time I get home, I forget what I was thinking about. Do you have one of those memories that you can recall like that? Or do you, what do you do? I have had memories like that uh, where I'd be on a bus um, and on the way to school or on the way home, uh, I'd see something or read something that just all of a sudden inspired some words and I have no pen or if I do, it's not working. I have, uh, I'm on the bus, I, I'm just completely 
just befuddled. Like, what do I do? So when I had had that happen to me enough times, because uh, I got tired of trying to repeat what I was hearing in my head all right. the way. You know, so uh, I got tired of doing that, and I finally learned to invest in a small little mini tape recorder. So if I had ideas, just hurry up and record it, the basics, get home, and then hopefully what I hear will remind me the whole scope of what I was hearing, you know, and I can lay it down then. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the Canadian artist here, Jan Arden, if you've ever heard her music, but she talks about that uh, one time she was in that situation. And so what she did was she called herself at home and left the lyrics on her answering machine. Oh. And it was one of her most popular songs that she put out. Get down, get down. You know what? Thank you for reminding me. I did do that on two occasions. I called my own uh, voicemail and just saved it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be creative, right? You gotta be inventive when you're on the road, right? <laughs> do and then uh, when cameras came along that you could be able to do your own recordings and were small enough, I finally carried that around with me so that I could be able to just really uh, remember what I was doing at that very moment. The the idea hit me, so that was another lifesaver too. That's awesome. Have you ever done like a tour for your music or have you played in um, festivals, anything like that? You know what? I have never toured live. I have uh, yet to do that. Uh, and boy, that would be amazing to have that kind of opportunity. I, I have on um, a few occasions, though, I have been able to sing for like a, a coffee house. Uh, like a coffee house type oh, of audience because nice. um, I was involved in a theater play a couple years ago and we had to go out and do a promotion so uh, for the for the play and if it involved a, a segment of singing I got to be able to do that uh, to, so that was a nice way of being able to kind of like get me a little experience on how to sing for audiences because I have yet to do that but I've done plenty of performances like doing live going live on TikTok and uh, Instagram sometimes and Facebook singing that way. <laughs> did that that interaction singing in the coffee house, did that feel different from doing it on TikTok? Like how did you enjoy that? Or do you prefer to, are you more comfortable like in the studio rather than being out there in public? You know, I know that I am naturally comfortable being in the studio. Yeah. And then uh, I then prefer going live like this to sing for people that I, I feel very comfortable, but singing live in front of an actual audience is an altogether whole nother level of, um, of experience to, to, to be able to be in front of an audience and to feel them out, you know, to be able to, to realize like, oh, they're paying attention to you or they're into you or they, for some reason, you're not really connecting with them. You get to get that full blast real time. So I appreciate singing live for that kind of reason to, to help me learn on uh, how to connect with audiences and uh, to be able to see just what kind of an impact does my songs have on people. <laughs> I love that. Do you prefer like a bigger audience or more of an intimate, smaller audience? Does one make you, do you get nervous when you perform in front of people? I always get butterflies. You do, yeah. <laughs> I do butterflies, whether it's it's for acting in theater plays or if it's for singing for people. But those are good butterflies I, I have. Those, mm -hmm. uh, it, 
good butterflies meaning that I'm feeling amped up and I'm about ready to go out there and give it my best. So um, I'll tell you another quick thing is that I had an opportunity to sing with um, two very dear friends of mine from the theater plays I, I've done. Um, the artist's name is Shani Du. Another one is Iconic. Uh, we, we've been longtime friends since doing theater plays. And whenever I get to perform with them, these two wonderful guys, um, it's just magic. Um, it, I feel completely in an element and love singing for big crowds, no matter um, <laughs> if it's small or big. I, I love doing the theater and singing that away. <laughs> that that's great. That's see, I admire that. That's that's great that you can be so versatile with a, a small crowd. Or but for me, I I'm very comfortable on stage with a big crowd, uh, like a huge crowd, like a theater or auditorium or whatever. But if it's just a few people, it feels so uncomfortable and awkward for me because it because you really feel zeroed in, right? Which is kind of like it seems opposite because you, you'd think, well, you'd probably feel more uncomfortable with, you know, hundreds of people looking at you as opposed to two or three. But for me, it's the opposite. Um, I can definitely handle like being on stage in front of a lot of people, but intimate settings is very like, get very nervous. <laughs> get very nervous. <laughs> look, I'm like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Um, well, I don't know if you saw, so there's been a lot of talk this year, probably, I say this year, I keep forgetting we're in a new year. Gosh, 2021 seemed so dang long. <laughs> oh, wow, it sure did. Drag <laughs> Crazy, but last year, so I said last year, there was a big thing with Taylor Swift and her, I'm sure you saw, and her rights, her having her rights to her own music. Yes. And uh, there was this big thing about came about where she wanted to do a new album she wanted to branch out and they wouldn't let her have her music and it was all original stuff it was all things that she had written um but because of the particulars in the contract that she may or may not have been privy to or aware of what it what it said essentially at the end of the day was that someone or an entity of the business that she belonged to owned her music owned the rights to her music yeah. um i forget what you call them what are the, the what do you call the originals the uh yeah oh your masters your yeah. masters they owned the masters to her to her stuff and these weren't covers they were all her original works what do you i want to i'm interested to know your thoughts on that and also how being in the industry how do you protect yourself or what's sort of maybe your advice for people kind of getting into the music industry and writing their own songs and how does that whole piece play out well you know um first thing i, I would I definitely want to say jenny is that taylor swift is um definitely not the, the last artist this probably will happen to because i have uh, i was on youtube a, a good number of times come across this program, Unsung. And uh, they talk about a lot of songwriters and artists who, uh, who never really made it that big for whatever reason or another, had some success, but held back. The most common thing I would hear is, with these artists is that all this work that they've done was owned by somebody else. 
And because of that, they never got to have the residuals they deserved and worked so hard for long after they've retired from performing. And because they didn't get to have their residuals, they have to keep on doing the work, getting out there and performing all the way late into their twilight years where they should be kicking back, relaxing the, the fruits of their labors. Um, and that's what made like a Stevie Wonder pretty phenomenal because he insisted he wanted to own everything. He wanted the rights to his own catalog. Uh, it's why Prince was also going through a, a battle with his company record label because uh, mm. he realized what was going on and all this work he's created, this great body of work mm-hmm. and somebody else owns it and they get to control it. That was the uh, time he changed his name to the symbol, right? Symbol, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was his protest uh, for doing that. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I definitely can understand what Taylor Swift is going through. It's, it's painful. And you know what, for the longest time, I used to, I, low key, I used to feel kind of like uh, sad that, you know, Oh, and I, I never seem to, I, I'm not discovered, I'm not signed with anybody, you know, I, I bet it would make things easier. But when I've watched a lot of programs like this, and what these artists have gone through and been ripped off like that, mm. it does make me grateful to be where I am, uh, still doing it independently. There's nobody to answer to. Um, I put out music whenever I feel like it, however, and um, I protect my stuff by copywriting it. Or uh, back in the day when I first started, I used to mail everything to myself. That's the the poor man's copyright. Right. Yes. <laughs> As per my email to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and just don't open that letter. Just keep yeah. it sealed. The date is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I want to know too. Is like because like there's benefits, right? Really, to in any industry you're in, but particularly in the entertainment industry. There, I guess there is benefits to either a being signed, you know, which is a lot of the mass media social aspect of it, right? But yes. but they do, t- the industry does take a hefty chunk out of what you make. It's not just like, you know, I think people think that you just, you know, a, a producer approaches you and they sign you and then you get all this money and then they put you out everywhere and you tour and you, you make, you know, you make everything you sell you you make a hefty profit on but that's it's not really the case because everything that they do for you whether they're sending you out on tour where you're staying in a hotel you're that's all costs and expenses for the company so that's all coming out of any profits and sales that the artist makes so that's being paid back to the company plus they're also making their management percentage plus they're paying everybody on your team so you know you you might have and i know hallie i know this is acting but hallie berry often talked about that too is you know she'd say we'd make a movie and you think okay we get uh, we get say a million dollars for a movie right so we sign a movie deal and i'm being paid a million dollars but i don't get a million dollars out of that million dollars i have to pay my agent my my security my management team my this that and the other my traveling expenses all my food my clothing everything that's provided to me is not free she has to pay for all that so out of a million dollars she might make only a couple hundred grand which to the everyday person is still a lot of money but when this is your craft and your job and you're investing the time in to learn and to hone your craft and your skills you know, a couple hundred dollars or a percentage of that, which is probably only 20% of what she's actually signed on for, is not really a lot of money. 
So it, it, there is also benefit to being, as you say, independent and out on your own. And, and I wonder if that's, if you get how you feel about that, if you ever get, or if you're ever sparked to, to seek out an agency and, and not all of the agencies are bad. I want to put that out there. Not all agencies are bad. And there's some really great producers who really support their artists. Um, but it, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough nut to crack, you know, when you're, when you're, especially when you're first starting out as an artist. It is, it's, it's very difficult. And I would say that every once in a while, I do kind of wish for that. You know, if, if I was signed, I could imagine that there'd be a lot of other things taken care of for me or, uh, that I wouldn't have to worry about. I'm sure that there would be some people who have expertise in different areas of this music business that could handle other businesses for me while I'm just focusing on music. But yeah, uh, I would say like that's the trade-off. It's like, although being independent, do, uh, doing all this on my own, I may not uh, make much doing what I do. I mean, really, I, I rarely do. I rarely make much, but I really, um, I, I find myself really grateful when I hear about all these stories that these artists have been through. Um, you know, like with TLC, I mean, they had a hit with their album though that had waterfalls on there. They were winning Grammy Awards and it, they ended mm -hmm. up broke and people didn't understand how that happened. I mean, that happened to Tony Braxton and so many Dixie other Chicks were another big one that happened too. Dixie Chicks, yeah, they had the album Fly. Yeah. Big, big commercial success. Massive. Be broke. And that's yeah. when you realize, well, um, they wine and dine you and they'll send you to luxurious places and all these things, and you don't realize that's coming out of your pocket. You got to pay for that, you know. And at the end of the day, when they come to realize after all the glamour and glitz is over with. You've got to pay everybody. You've got to pay the band, all that. Uh, that's how that happens. You know, you have to really watch the contracts. Uh, fortunately for me, I've never been in that situation, Jenny, uh, of signing contracts or anything like that since I've been, because of me doing this on my own. But mm -hmm. ever since watching these kind of programs about what these artists have been through, if that were to happen, fortune, fortunately for me someday, then yes, I would make sure I get a lawyer to look over everything for me because yeah hey uh, we can be friends but if it's business it's business and I gotta right. make sure at the end of the day uh if I'm not able to do it anymore or don't feel like doing it I still have something coming in for all the hard work I've done over the years you know yeah I, and I think that's that's really the key is to do your due diligence right you know oftentimes when people are approached with contracts they're usually you know in an up and coming stage in life they're usually in their teens 20s you know taylor swift was like 17 right when i think when she started so you're 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 coming into it a little bit green right most yeah. people and um a little bit vulnerable i guess so but you yeah you definitely have the right idea cross your t's and dot your i's and it's definitely yeah. uh you definitely have to have a business mind as well too to protect yourself in that industry. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your acting because although you're a fabulous uh, singer songwriter, you also delve into acting. So tell me a little bit about that. Did that come alongside with the music? Was that something you started at a later date? Oh, okay. Yes, I'd be happy to talk about that. You know what, uh, with acting though, um, 
that started um, a lot earlier for me when I was in preschool, matter of fact, my mom, um, and I, I do remember some of this. My mom told me that uh, my teacher used to have me be the, the MC, the host, uh, whatever talent show the kids were doing. So they, I do remember them handing me the, the cue cards, which was almost bigger than my face at that time. <laughs> I would read them off while holding the microphone to introduce each talent act. So that was like a, a seed, a very nice seed planted in me that, you know what, this is going to lead to something. I just didn't know what. When I got into high school, I started taking an interest in doing theater and college. I continued with that at Chicago State University, uh, perform, like uh, pursuing a theater arts minor. Uh, and, and that again, this was the period where I was beginning to get on this journey of wanting to just go for what I want, but mm -hmm. I wasn't yet. Now, it took a couple of me being laid off over and over and over and over and over and over again before I finally got into doing what I love doing. And I found this through um, this casting agency on Facebook, of all things. Oh, wow. They had a casting agency, four-star casting, uh, that were able to place you in background acting. And that's background acting is when you're in the background uh, you help fill up the atmosphere while the main actors are doing their action or their dialogue. And, is that uh, like extras? We call them extras here. Is that the same? That's the same thing. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Uh, so that's how I got into acting was I went through that process first. And then I was um, a friend of mine had asked me about getting into the theater. And I so happened to have been contacted by someone who saw some of my videos said, come on and try out this theater stuff. I said, okay, I did so, I auditioned. They liked me and accepted me for this drama play I was doing, um, Blues for Langston Hughes. And uh, it turned out that the, the set designer, uh, who was fashion designer too, she said, um, okay, we're gonna need you to grow out your beard so that you can really fit the part of, of this character who's a lot older looking. Um, and, I, and by the way, I didn't know I had all this. I Kept a close beard at that time, very close crop beard. But it's it's, a, it's an epic beard, I have to say. But I'm, I'm sure there's many jealous men watching this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I gotta say, I'm the first in, in my family to have this kind of beard, so uh, it's awesome. It keeps my face warm in the winter. <laughs> it's very <laughs> lush. Yes, you know what, Jenny? Through this, that uh, I took new headshots, sent them in, and then I started getting more work. Wow. Uh, more extra and it, it continued to lead to uh, opportunities to like uh, be on tv shows like chicago pd on um movies like jamie lee curtis she had a movie called an acceptable loss yeah um, you can see me in there in the union station scene i'm one of the fbi agents uh i'm recently i'm uh, i have to go to michigan over the weekend matter of fact to do a, a role a, as Lord Montague, they're doing an update of Romeo and Juliet. So oh, I'm wow. playing Montague and I'm, I'm going to Michigan this weekend to finish up doing this uh, supporting role. I didn't want to say small role because no role is really too small, but uh, right. this supporting role was uh, my chance of speaking. And I did another one called um, He Who Lives in Hidden Lakes. Uh, I, I'm playing a sheriff in that movie, uh, it's an independent film on Amazon Prime. Oh and wow! I, you know what? Fun fact, Jenny. 
I show up as Santa in this movie of uh, Hollywood Post. <laughs> I love it. I love it. When does that air on Amazon Prime? Yeah, so Amazon Prime has a lot of good stuff. So uh, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for these opportunities. I didn't think, you know, there'd be, uh, again, well, I didn't think there'd be room for somebody who's older now, you know, but I'm glad they made room, you know. Now I don't have to compete with the supermodels. Well, I think I think we uh, supermodels. Gosh, those are '90s trend, right? I think, and I've talked to. I have a few friends that are actors as well, and I and we've often talked about this about going in for roles and dealing with rejection, and because that's a big part of the industry too, right? And and I think that you have to have a good, solid head on your shoulders to be able to, and a thick skin, really, to be able to be in this industry. And a lot of times it's not really about your talent, your age, your, you know, your, your background, what it really comes down to is if it's the right look for the role, sometimes it's just, they, they want a certain look and it has, has nothing to do with, with your ability to read the script or your talent or anything like that. It just comes down to a look that they're looking for, for that particular part. It's so true. Um... It's happened a couple of times to me, uh, like, like uh, mentioning about for Holiday Heist uh, as being Santa. I mean, I was originally coming in with a couple of other actors to just be extras who were just walking by back and forth. And, and I did get to do that. But this particular day we were filming in January, it was freezing cold and I couldn't find any hats anywhere to put on before I left out the house. And I, I have to protect this bald head, you know, so. You gotta, it's all about the, the bald head production. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only thing I could find was the Santa hat. And so I just threw it on just to keep my head warm. But the casting lady saw me amongst the other extras who were in the in on hold, waiting in the room, you know, to be called in. And uh, she was like, sir, come here, please. And she just looked me up and down, went and grabbed the Santa suit, said, you're going to be Santa today. Just like that. Like, I was just speechless you know also it, it does happen that way sometimes you just there's something about you that inspires the director or casting director or even the PAs mm. to say like, uh, you know what we're going to put you in this position you're going to be here and there so I, I feel fortunate that's happened a few times to me do you do you enjoy the acting equally to the music or do you prefer one or the other Oh. Or, or do they, they, you love them both. They go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do. They do. Yeah. The acting helps me to be continuously, continuously to be comfortable in front of the camera. Because mm. yeah, it helps me with me doing my TikTok videos and such to be equally comfortable in my music videos. And in the music videos, uh, the singing and songwriting and such helps me to be comfortable with speaking so that when I, I do get a chance to do speaking parts, then uh, I can go ahead and put feeling into it, like I put feeling into singing and songwriting. So they go hand in hand. Yeah, I I love that, and I and I think it's 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 a testament to your talent too to be able to master both really. Um, and now this is sort of the the person the the professional public persona we see, but I have an interesting question for you. Would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? And I'll and I'll tell you why I ask that. I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm an introvert. Mm. Longest time I was, a, I was a very, very quiet 
kind of kid. And still to this day, I mean, I naturally am just quiet. It takes me time to open up and to let loose. But once I do, then you're going to really get all this joy and burst of energy. That's what will normally happen. But normally, I'm very quiet. So I think I'm an introvert, naturally. Yeah, I, I would say I am too. And I find that across the board with a lot of people who are, you know, who put out entertainment. Um, what's the word? I don't know, I can't speak today. But <laughs> who have their own podcast or their own show or who are in the public eye or and, and I saw an interview with Oprah where she described this and she said the same thing. She says, I'm an introvert. She said, I go to these events and I do these things and I and I'm exhausted after them. She knows like I go to a party and I, you know, stay there for an hour and I come home and I'm exhausted, you know, because it's 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 that having to that interaction, which is is not a negative thing. She wasn't saying it was a negative thing at all, but it just it consumes so much of your energy. Do you find that too when you when you interact with a lot of people that it just takes a lot of your energy? It will on, on a lot of cases, yeah, it does because uh, you know I, I I really want I really want to make an effort to be as attentive as possible. Mm. Everybody uh, to everything going on around me. And uh, so, yeah, it, it does take a lot of energy from me. Uh, so most of the times, I mean, like even with when I was recently contacted to go do an acting job uh, out in Michigan, I mean, you know, the first instinct is I'd rather be home, you know, I just, I'd rather just be under the covers, you know, but then I'm like, no, 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 you have a dream. You got to get out there. I have to push myself, make that effort, get out there and make it happen, you know? So, yeah, it's, it takes a lot of energy. It really does. Just even just to be sociable and, and really, really get out there and, and just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment, live it. <laughs> but it's so worth it. Though. Yeah, I find one of my flaws too is I, I'm not so great in crowds. of So going to parties and being in like groups of people is not really... I, I struggle with that a little bit only because I like, as you said, you, you want to have that attention there. And I much prefer to have a one on one conversation or connection with somebody because I want them to feel like I'm giving them all, you know, my my attention and my focus. Do you find that as well? I would prefer that. I, I love small settings much, much better. Uh, I, I take that any day than, uh, you know, going into a big, big crowd, big, big party, unless it just happens to be a surprise birthday, that's great. And then I'm going to run right back behind stage and <laughs> once again, look for something very small and, and intimate uh, to, to just be personable with two, three people, maybe five at best. Love it. So here's, here's a question of the question of the day for you. You sing, you write, you act, you produce, you direct, you film, have you ever thought about writing your own special? Mm. Mm. Like Taking a, it on the road, it's your own Fuzzy Soul Tiger one-man band special. Taking it on the road, selling tickets, your own show. Like comedians, the way comedians tour, you would do your own Fuzzy Soul Tiger show. Have you thought about it? Yes or no? Tell the public. Where can we get tickets? 
No, I haven't thought about it, but it does sound pretty good. And, and <laughs> somebody once told me, uh, listening to some of my um, my catalog of music on Bandcamp, uh, they were like, you know what? These don't sound like songs that's to be on the radio. This sounds like songs you put together for a for a theater show. And I never looked at my work that way before, uh, but that stayed on my mind a lot. And I thought, well, maybe someday that might be something I may get into, Jenny. Uh, I might see about taking some of these songs and see if I can put together some kind of a, a, a theater show or a play. <laughs> but um, that would be I'd, awesome. love I'd love to, that would be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. what, kind of what kind of advice would you give to people just starting out in the industry? What's some of the, what's some of the best tips and tricks that you've learned? I would say do, um, don't, uh, don't look down upon doing a little researching. Uh, I, although I did a lot of poetry, you know, in my earlier years that morphed into writing for the school newspaper and then morphed into writing songs and such, I mean, uh, I still, back in the day, I, I still loved watching TV specials about artists who came before me and and what it took for them to hone in their craft. You know, I, I loved watching like, a, for example, anytime back in the day, Steven Spielberg would mm. talk about how he directed the movie and how he put it together, how he thought of these ideas. That really inspired me a lot. Um, it played a role in the way that I do things, you know, uh, I, I take inspiration from that. So I would say um, do some research because you never know. It, it just, it, it won't hurt. It helps to just enhance what you do and make you a much better artist or a singer songwriter or filmmaker, whatever it may be. YouTube is a great place to find a lot of inspiration. Yeah, you um, can learn anything on YouTube now. Wow, it's amazing, I tell you, amazing. Yeah. You, you can even learn how to cook on YouTube, but those are the channels that I don't watch, <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I've gone even on YouTube just to learn how to make sure to keep this going. <laughs> <laughs> the, beard, the beard techniques. I had no idea there were, there were videos about that. That was, can you imagine how blown away I was just to discover that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And do you have merch? Do you have Fuzzy Soul Tiger merch? Because I, I thought I saw you in a in a Fuzzy Soul Tiger t-shirt. Am I correct? I do. In fact, I, I am wearing one right now. Hey! Look, look at that. So is uh, that, can people buy that? Yes, they can if they wish to. Um, they can see a lot of my artworks that I've done, my cartoon drawings on Redbubble. Red okay, Bubble. Redbubble. And uh, you just, uh, once you're on that website, you can find me as Fuzzy Soul Tiger, the same name, and you'll see a lot of uh, the cartoons that I've drawn on, that's available on t-shirts and coffee mugs and such. Love um, it. Really cute stuff. I never thought that would ever happen for me, you know? Yeah. I, thought so. I thought only big stars can have that kind of merch availability, but wow. The technology is available and I get to see, uh, you know, my own artwork on t-shirts. Oh, I was just so amazed by that. I love <laughs> it. I love it. I love it. So what's, so that's redbubble.com, right? Yes. Redbubble.com and find me as Fuzzy Soul Tiger. Awesome. So what's next for you, buddy? What do you got coming up? Oh, you know what? I'm currently working on um, 
two music videos that uh, I can be able to put out uh, within the month of February. Nice. And I've been, this weekend, I'm going to wrap up this, this movie we're doing uh, called East Side Story. Uh, that's so far the working title of it. Oh, wow. Um, it'll be a, that's going to be exciting to see what happens when it's all finished and comes together and probably like later in the spring or summer. Uh, and then I'm also working on some uh, song ideas as, as always to put on Bandcamp. Uh, I'm there as Fuzzy Soul Tiger again, you know, and um, I, I just can't wait to see about this year. Hopefully I get to do like a, some more movie roles you know that would be exciting. that would be amazing when does your when does your movie on amazon prime come out um so far i haven't they're still filming it so we don't know just yet uh, okay. for the story uh, and hopefully i i believe this coming weekend should be the last weekend and then they will finally wrap it up or maybe another weekend to add to that but they are so close to finishing all of the filming for this. So uh, I can't wait for them to complete it and tell me the news. I will then keep you guys. Yeah, keep me posted. We'll, I'll post it on the show. That's so exciting. I'm super proud of you. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's amazing. And how, <laughs> how do you feel? What's your thoughts on um, taking action in this industry? Do you feel like a lot of these breaks and opportunities you've had have been, you know, just on you taking an opportunity, taking taking action? Do you think they're, you know, uh, divine intervention from a, you know, a, a, a bigger source? What's your, what, how does all that play into your, into your life and, and into your success, do you think? It seemed like it's, a, it's, it takes a whole lot for all this to happen. I mean, mm. it's definitely a combination of timing and and good luck and sometimes uh, along with that knowing the right people mm. uh, some people that uh, I'm friends with on the set they would sometimes tell me about opportunities and that's led to me being able to to secure a job or other times I know something and I would share with them and they get an opportunity I uh, also got to say too I think a lot of people uh, might might be able to relate to this you know, um, it, also when you're young, if people are in your life that tell you from time to time, you know what, stay on the right path. You know what, you're going to be somebody someday. Keep doing what you're doing. You'll get there. If you have people like that in your, in your life when you're young and you're growing up, especially during the teenage years, that stays with you. And mm -hmm. that has an impact because it definitely impacted me through tough times when I felt like, ah, oh, man, nothing's going to happen. You know, um, I might as well just forget about it. And then I come back to it the next day and still feel like, okay, I hear that those people in my past telling me it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Stay with it. Keep at it. So you got to have some people like that in your life because it really helps you as you get older and you get into working in your craft for real. It helps you to deal with the adversity and it helps you deal with the rejections too. So uh, I, I believe me, I've been rejected whole lot more than I've been successful but these rejections help teach me something along the way it if it wasn't meant for me it wasn't meant for me and I'm grateful for that I wouldn't want to be part of a project that I'm not able to give you my best or give yeah. you what you're looking for because I want to be part of 
really cool storytelling, you know? Yeah. I want to help make an impact, you know? Uh, if, if all these rejections meant they didn't see me right for the part, I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah. as long as I know, I went into an audition, I gave it my best, you know, and there's nothing else you can do. So um, I would say it's a lot of those. Yeah, and that's it. It's kind of like a, a working batting average, right? I mean, you, you have more misses than you have hits, right? So, but but that doesn't mean you're not successful. And I and I think this it's the industry can be uh, the industry can be real real tough. That's for sure. I think we could all agree to that. It's a tough industry, um, but it does have its rewards. And uh, I, I'm just so proud of you seeing you do your thing and create your music and your content and. The interaction that people have with you is really, really brilliant. And and like I said, you're always so positive and show so much gratitude. And and that really affects people, you know, that really has a lasting effect and is really super meaningful for people. It's really important for people to have that and to see that. And and you have a true gift for that. So thank you so much for for giving that to all of us. Oh, thank you so kindly. Uh, it's it's really wonderful to hear that. Um, as I've, I've, I've recently found out, it's bearded joy. I'm happy to give out to everybody. <laughs> bearded joy. I see a line of beard oils coming next. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be great. <laughs> you should oh, yeah. definitely do it. You should definitely do it. So where can people find you? Where shout out all your socials, shout out all your social social media stuff, give it to us all. Ah, okay. Well, uh, I am happy to tell everybody you can find me as Fuzzy Soul Tiger on YouTube. Definitely subscribe to me there. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also on TikTok, <laughs> where you see me doing a, a wide variety of things on there: dancing, comedy, slice of life, and uh, fun things. You, you, yep. you, you see what I'm doing. So uh, there's TikTok. There's also Bandcamp. There's where you can find my catalog of music that I've done over the years, including my Christmas album, which I hope you'll enjoy. Love uh, it. Redbubble.com. Red uh, that's where you can find all of my merch uh, of everything that I've drawn and colored and put out for your T-shirts and hats and such. And uh, Instagram, you can find me there too, as Fuzzy Soul Tiger as well. <laughs> Instagram too. And people can connect with you as well through Instagram and TikTok, if they send you a message, I know you're really good about correspondence and getting back to people too. So that's a positive thing as well. Tell me a little bit about, before we wrap this up, tell me a little bit about Bandcamp. Um, for people who don't know what that is and and uh, for artists or just people listening, tell me a little bit about Bandcamp. Bandcamp is a wonderful place I've discovered where independent artists like myself doing it all on their own, we can put out our music on Bandcamp. We can charge whatever price we wish, which is amazing. And all of the people who are downloading our music, uh, you can be able to pay the price that we ask for, or you can pay more if you wish. And even if we have stuff that's free, and I, and I have a lot of music on there that's free that I, I made available, you can still tip if you want to, you can still, pay money on it if you wish. But Bandcamp is the most reliable and the most reasonable to me uh, that they don't they don't take a whole big chunk of the profit for themselves. Mm -hmm. Just take a, a small bit and most of it goes right to the artist. Uh, and that's been tremendously helpful uh, during uh, some very, very tough times, especially during the pandemic uh, where mm -hmm. everything was down. 
Oh, wow. That was so helpful, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a tough time, especially for people in the arts industry, I imagine. Yeah, it, yeah. it was really challenging. Yeah. Is that, is, are you kind of coming through that now, do you find? Is things getting a little bit better? Um, you know what? It's, it's funny. It's like, a, it's like the, the waves in the ocean. It, it just it comes and goes. There are moments sure. where I'll have uh, some sales and then it just drops off for a good minute and then it happens again. So it's yeah. always like a guessing game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Do you have a website? Did do you have a website dedicated to yourself and to your music, to your brand? Because it's really a you're really a brand. You created this brand, this fuzzy soul yeah. tiger brand. Um, unfortunately, I don't have one. I I tried to do one a couple of years ago, but it was a bit uh, it was a bit overwhelming trying to keep it up. Mm. So um, I I had to let it go, unfortunately. But have you have you tried Square Squarespace Square Squarespace? You know what? Um, I'd be happy to check it out. Yeah, I'd look into it. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah, there's some, I'll send you a link for one. There's some some that are really super easy um, to start up, just templates and some of them are even free. So you can just upload your your content there and people can download your stuff, your music and um, just pay you directly for that kind of stuff, so. Oh, that would be great. I, I really would like there being one central place and I could list all these different avenues of how they can find me and to make it easy on everybody that'd be awesome fuzzy soul tiger mr pj it, i'm honored to uh have a friendship with you and know you and be a part of your positive community thank you for being on the show i really appreciate you thank you for having me i really am happy to be on here thank you i, I really had a very good time and I've learned a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, I'll let you know when the show airs and uh, we'll chat with you soon. All right. Have a great one. And uh, to all of your fans, thank you for giving me a chance. <laughs> awesome. Take care. Bye, everybody. Take care.